0: Jedi Squadron is a podcast run by the Anime Secrets website. Check us out at AnimeSecrets.org for more anime, video game, tokusatsu, and now Star Wars content. Remember to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts today. Hello,
1: new Padawans, and welcome to the Jedi Squadron podcast. Here, you will be taking lessons in the mini- pieces of the Star Wars universe, whether it be the movies, animated series, video games, comics, and etc. This is your training into becoming a Star Wars fan as part of the Jedi Squadron. May your training go well, and may the Force be with you, young Padawans. Hey guys, this is the Jedi Squadron podcast presented by AnimeSecrets.org. I'm your host, Nathan DeSalle. And I'm Ridgwan Merchant. And today, we are doing our vi- review on the first two episodes of the Ahsoka series. We uh, met her first in the Clone Wars series back in 2008. Some people hated her, some, but we loved, But we all loved her by the end. We were all overjoyed when she came back in Rebels. Then we all had fanboy moments when she finally appeared in live action in The Mandalorian. And now here she is with her very young show. Now, uh, before... Uh, you were going to say something, Riz? No, I'm good. You're good. Uh, before we get started, um, I do want to uh, say that uh, we are doing this during the uh, Writers Guild and Screen Actors Guild strikes, and we do want to say that we weren't are not being paid to promote this, nor are we doing this to support any of the um, absolutely atrocious actions of Hollywood. We are doing this to show our support for the hard work and to show our love for the actors and writers who made shows like Ahsoka possible. And that is particularly big considering how, um, from what I know, the um, leading actor, uh, well, actress of this series, Rosario Dawson, is part of the Screen Actors Guild, and she is uh, very active in these protests. So we say that with an even greater meaning this time. We do this not in support of Disney and the atrocious actions that they're taking and treating these people. We do this in support of them because without their hard work and without their talents, shows like Ahsoka would not be possible.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Again, like we said before, we're doing this as a pure labor of love. Uh, We're Star Wars fans first and foremost. And we're here to spread the good word of Star Wars to everyone out there, and hopefully get people as excited as we are yep. for the greatness of this franchise everything has to offer.
1: Yep. So with that said, uh, let's uh, jump in, just give the overall, uh, you know, um, facts about this. So. Um, This series takes place roughly around the same time as uh, the other, most of the other uh, Disney Plus uh, live action uh, shows from Star Wars, The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. This is roughly uh, five years after the events of Return of a Jedi. Um, So, to kind of give a bit of a, you know, kind of a pretext of where this series was so we had Rebels where Ezra. where prior to the Galactic Civil War, so the events of the original trilogy, um, we had the big battle of Lothal, where Lothal was liberated and Ezra um, summoned a lot of purgles that dragged both him and Grand Admiral Thrawn into, um, you know, the far reaches of the galaxy. Although, we might find, we might get an idea that they might be somewhere else other than that, but we'll get to that in a minute.
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: And... The Rebels ended with, uh, well, okay, before that, we had all these things that took place uh, after Return of a Jedi, where Ahsoka was looking for, um, was trying to gain leads on where Thrawn is, and that's where we met her for the first time in live action in Season 2 of The Mandalorian, where she encountered Din Djarin and uh, Grogu, although we didn't know that his name was Grogu at the time, but she actually revealed that his real name was Grogu. And she captured a woman named Morgan Elspeth, who was kind of mysterious in that episode, but, um, you know, she was apparently an ally of Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh, We saw Ahsoka again. Now, this doesn't really play much into the story of this show, but we did see her for one episode in Book of Boba Fett, where she encounters... Didn't uh, Din him when he goes to Luke's area where he's training Grogu, which, I mean, it wasn't great, but I got to see live-action Ahsoka with live-action R2-D2, so I'm not going to complain
0: about that. I got to but... see live-action Ahsoka with live-action Luke. Exactly. That right there is the most amazing thing in the world to me. Yep. So then we...
1: We kind of, this is where we jump into uh, where the episode is, uh, where the empire has fallen and uh, the new republic has been established. Um, uh, The episode starts off um, Ahsoka enters a temple and she discovers a star map of some kind that's not supposed to lead where Thrawn is specifically, but just lead to an area where she suspects that Thrawn is, but unfortunately she can't open it, um, due to, you know, her not being really familiar with it, and she, then she travels to Lothal, where we find Sabine, uh, Sabine has, um, and, you know, we catch up with a lot of these people, you know, apparently Sabine is, uh, um, Sabine is trying to be honored on Lothal, but instead of being at her ceremony, she's riding around on her speeder bike listening to some really cool rock music.
0: Dude. Not that lie. is the most Sabine thing ever, though, right there.
1: Exactly, yeah. Um, and we find out a little you know, we find out a little bit more about Sabine and you know how she was apparently being trained by Ahsoka. Now they never specifically say if she was force sensitive or not, or if she was just continuing her lightsaber training to wield the, that she started. It's, I don't know, maybe they're going to establish
0: that in later episodes. Like, it's hard to tell. Like, there's a scene where Hoi-Hyung says uh, uh, Sabine doesn't have all that much uh, power over her the Force. She can't really control it. Yeah. Um, and that could go two ways. Either that means that she's not yet trained into force because she can be force sensitive or she can't access it because she's not force sensitive. It's it's hard to tell, really.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but m- most of these two episodes is so I don't want to spoil too much, but the best way to sum up these two episodes is that they're meant to kind of help us establish who these characters are because unfortunately people there are some star wars fans who see rebels and clone wars and they think uh those cartoons are for little kids i'm not going to watch that and they don't so they're not going to know who sabine and ahsoka and Hera and and all these people are yeah chopper too don't forget chopper so they need to so these episodes need to establish who
0: they are effectively and would you say that Riz? I don't think these episodes do a great job of recapping who these people are all that well it it kind of assumes that you know what Rebels is all about at the very least
1: well yeah but I feel like you could watch this without knowing Rebels like you know because they establish you know that there was a person named Ezra who yeah. you know who now, now this might imply that, you know, Ezra and Sabine have, like, more of a, like, uh, very personal friendship going on. Uh, you know, there's a few lines that establish that Ahsoka is the Padawan of Anakin, which I yes. don't think they hinted at all. Well, okay, maybe they did in the Book of Boba Fett when she spoke with Luke, but not in the Mandalorian Mm-mm. episode. It's
0: not brought up in Mandalorian. Um, it's definitely brought up with Luke, though.
1: Yeah. And, you know, they you know um they bring up you know what happened with thrawn and like who he was now it's kind of weird that hera apparently assumed that thrawn died because she says that thrawn died even though there's nothing in the last episode of rebels that would imply to me that hera legitimately thought that thrawn was killed
0: well you gotta think this has been 10 years at least From when the Purgles took Ezra and Thrawn away. And with the understanding that everyone in this universe has about how things work. The idea of Thrawn and Ezra being lost for this long. Doesn't make sense. Because either they would turn up or somebody would find them or something would happen. Like You would know, especially with two big people like Thrawn and Ezra. Yeah, They can't really mask their presence. Okay, Thrawn can't mask his presence for that long. Ezra probably could if he had to like Obi-Wan did. Mm -hmm. But I don't see how you can hide Thrawn away like that unless he's just out of reach entirely. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it, it, to me, it just doesn't seem like um, it makes sense to say that, oh, yeah, they're still alive and they're out there, but we have no idea where. And it's been 10 years. And I mean, even the best of the you know missing people's cases in the real world, they give up at a certain point. So, I mean, it, it makes sense that Hera would give up after 10 years. Yep.
1: Um, but... Um, aside from, you know, establishing who these characters are, it's mostly uh, Ahsoka apparently had a falling out with Sabine and, you know, stopped training her, which, you know, we don't see on screen. And then Sabine is able to unlock the map that reveals Thrawn's location. But unfortunately, before she can give it to Ahsoka, it gets stolen because we get our antagonists. We have two uh, basically dark Jedi uh, we have Balin Skull, who is played by Ray Stevenson. May he Steven- in peace. Yes, and this is apparently not his first role in a Star Wars. He was apparently the voice of a Gar Saxon in Rebels. Ray Stevenson. Oh, no so, doubt. yeah, and unfortunately, he passed away um, shortly before this series premiered, and uh, thankfully, the very first episode is made in his tribute. So rest in peace, yeah. Ray Stevenson, and he also has his apprentice, uh, Sheen Hottie. and they're both base- they're both dark Jedi, and they apparently want Thrawn as well. And literally the first episode, uh, first part of the episode, they free Morgan Elsbeth from her imprisonment, and they unlock the star map. We don't know fully why they want to get Thrawn, other than. You know, that apparently Balin just, like, wants power. Says, like, you know, power beyond our imagination. So, So, I don't know.
0: Remind like, me, Nate, have you seen Season 3 of Mando?
1: I haven't seen it all the way through.
0: Okay. So, yet. there is a scene at the very end, I think in, like, the last two episodes, I believe. Where you see a lot of former Imperial people... And they're all trying to find Thrawn. Yep. So there there is a movement where they believe Thrawn is back and that he can revive the Empire. But given given everything I know about Thrawn from the book, mm-hmm. I don't think Thrawn would be very interested in running the Empire. Yeah. So I'm very curious on why they are so gung-ho to believe Thrawn would help. Well, I guess just because Thrawn is, like, the next
1: best thing that they can have as far as, like, a tactical genius is concerned.
0: Yeah, so to give a little bit more info, I think it's called the Sado uh, Council that they met. Yep. Um, and they had. They were also trying to figure out more about Moff Gideon. Like, Moff Gideon's part of it. Uh, yep. Commandant Brendel Hux, the father of Armatous Hux, and the Trilogy, Sequel's Trilogy. Yep. Um, you got a couple other people. I don't think there's anyone else that was, like, super, um, well-known in it, like, from any other uh, canon or continuity. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anyone else, at least. Um...
1: But but yeah, with uh, you know, so we have Baylin Skull and Sheen Hottie, which uh, I'm really looking forward to having those characters more fleshed out because they already seem really cool. Um, and pretty much, you know, that the episode, the this episode ends pretty much exactly with the rebels ending, where you know, uh, Ahsoka shows up and she recruits Sabine. Sabine has cut her hair and has donned her armor. And they're setting out to go find, you know, to, like, go find the map. So that's how it is. Um, a couple of uh, notable things. So first of all, um, Morgan Elspeth is a Nightsister. Uh, and for those of you who do not know, we, we didn't really see them much in Rebels. But in, a, in the Clone Wars, the Sisters is this cult on Dathomir. Asajj Ventress was part of their cult for a while before she was recruited by dooku uh they are basically force users that use it through like some through but they use the force through black magic which means that they are like inherently using the force through the dark side because of the black magic it it's kind of hard to explain but that's pretty much how it is and I I remember, you know, a lot of people were calling it, saying like, with the trailers, uh, with what they saw Morgan Ellsbeth doing, they were predicting that she would be a night Sister. Everybody called it. I love that.
0: Yeah, it, it's. I mean, there's only so much you can do to hide stuff like that before it comes out, you know.
1: Yep. Now, uh, just to kind of, a, um, I want to bring up the cast uh, briefly. Uh, we have Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, which. A lot of people were against um, her playing Ahsoka instead of Ashley Eckin. How do you pronounce her last name again, Riz? I'm sorry. Uh, I think it's Ashley Eckstein. Yeah. I'm personally not against it, though, because here's the thing. I love Rosario Dawson. I've seen her in a lot of movies. I've seen her in a lot of movies that are bad and she's too good for I mean, the poor woman can't even put in a bunch of bad movies. Uh, and I've always wanted her to get like that one big role that, you know, in like some like geek culture type of thing. Like, I remember when I was in high school, somebody was floating the possibility of them making like a Gargoyles movie. Yeah. And and there were some people saying that she should play, um, what's the name? Eliza. Um, yeah, Elisa, whatever her last name is. Martha. Yeah, I would have. And I was like, yes, I want to see her in that role. And now maybe she's a little too old to play Elisa now in a live action gargoyles, but she can play adult Ahsoka. And I'm cool with that because she yeah. is a great actress. I hear she's a great person in real life too. So I'm just beyond happy that she finally gets like this big role and like a big fandom that she deserves.
0: And I mean, I get it. Like Ashley teen was Ahsoka for what, 10, 15 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think the coolest part of her is how much she loves the character of Ahsoka. Like, I don't know if I shared the image of you, Nate, beforehand, but there's a quote that came out recently from Ashley. I think at a convention or something. And the quote is her saying, when I first read about Ahsoka, I need to be something very special and my heart was all into it, you know. But yep. the fandom didn't understand and they hated her. But I'm hoping with time the fandom will come to love her the way I love her. And Ashley, I think your what's came true because we all love this character. Yep. And I mean uh, she loved of- it she loved her to the point that she even cosplayed Ahsoka. Like Yeah, and
1: she looked really good as
0: her. She did. It was amazing.
1: Um, the other three main cast members, uh, we have, uh, Natasha Lou, uh, for Diesel, And I, I'm so sorry if I mispronounce your name, Natasha, but, uh, she is, um, she plays Sabine. Uh, this is her first like really big role. Like she apparently had, a the only thing I would have known her is that she had like a supporting role in the greatest showman. Like my wife is obsessed with that movie. So I've seen that movie multiple times, uh, and then we have Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who plays Hera. And uh, here's a really insane fact. Uh, she is married to Ewan McGregor, who plays uh, it's Obi-Wan. She really. is.
0: Dang. So. When the eras collide, I guess, huh?
1: Exactly,
0: uh-huh. Um...
1: And you know we see Kara. She unfortunately we don't see Jay with her. Yeah. Hopefully we will at some point. But uh, she is a general in the uh, in the rebel military now. And of course we see Chopper because I mean, ruff, ruff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, can't, I, I I still keep watching this clip where there's like this fight where like they're trying to like put a tracker on one of the Empire's ships and shoppers looking for the tracker And you can literally understand everything he's saying with just like the burbling sounds that he's making like, wah, 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 wah. no, I did not go through your stuff. Wah, wah, wah. No, I didn't. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, was pretty great. Yeah. Um, of course, we have Rain Stevenson as Baywin Skull. And uh, then we have uh, Ivana Sa. Uh, Sokno as Shin Hadi um and, and you know the rest of the cast you know we only see like a little bit of uh, Ezra in a hologram he's played by uh Iman S Estefani and unfortunately we don't see Lars Mikkelsen as a uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn just yet yeah although uh although Lars um apparently the guy who voiced Grand Admiral Thrawn in Rebels is going to be playing him Lars in, uh, yeah yeah and we also see Ryder Rosati, who is uh, played by the guy who voices him as well, Clancy Brown.
0: That's the thing I didn't expect to see. Like, I, I, knew, I knew he'd become governor after the event of Rebels. Yeah. I just didn't expect him to be there still at this point in time. Like, he he wasn't that young, was he? Like, he was pretty up there in the age, I thought.
1: yeah but yeah. I don't know. I think, I think Clancy Brown with like, you know, with gray hair and like a white beard. I think that kind of represents what Ryder Azadi would look like around this time. Yeah. In the timeline. Uh, and we also, um, I didn't, um, apparently, um, this other character, I don't remember seeing him in rebels, but, uh, Jai Kel, who was a character in, a in Rebels. He was apparently voiced by Dante Bosco, the guy who voices Azuko Zuko in uh, The Last Airbender. Uh, and Pio and Hook. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. I love Hook. Yeah. I know some people hate it. I love that movie. But uh, Great
0: movie.
1: Um, but anyway, uh, he apparently appears, he's not played by Dante Bosco, but uh, he is, um, he does appear here briefly where he's established as the senator of Lothal now, which is pretty cool. Um, and uh, to kind of round up the cast we have uh, Professor Hu Yang who is making his live action debut Uh, Professor Hu Yang is voiced by David Tennant who also voiced him in the Clone Wars Uh, for those who do not know Hu Yang originally appeared in the Clone Wars he's this ancient Jedi that's been around for over 2,000 years he's basically meant to be the guy who helps young Jedi younglings build their lightsabers and
0: i thought i don't know a
1: droid yeah yeah he's a jedi sorry i meant uh... to no no he's a he's a droid sorry about that
0: yeah he's a he's a droid that trains jedi but he's not a jedi himself yeah that's right sorry i misworded that sorry about that yeah i was just confused like how did a robot become one with the force
1: yeah that's right um But that about rounds up, you know, the cast and like everything that happened in these two episodes. So uh maybe let's just jump into overall thoughts. Like what were your thoughts, Riz? I know I've been speaking for a while, so you can go ahead.
0: Oh man. So I've been wanting this to happen since twenty eighteen when Rebels ended the first time. Well, first Mm -hmm. time for me. And I always hoped We would get some kind of revelation of where Ezra and Ahsoka and Sabine all ended up. Because at the end of Rebels, you see Sabine and Ahsoka go off to look for him. And I kept hoping we would get something in the sequel trilogy. And we didn't. And then I lost hope for the longest time. Because we didn't have anything else set in the time frame that I feel like we would have gotten something. And then Ahsoka comes back. And Mando. And I'm like, is this it? Is this where we begin the journey to find Ezra finally? Because the Homeboy needs to come home. Mm-hmm. He can't just be out there forever with the Furgo pergol- Still you know that's not cool. Um, yeah. So I was ecstatic. Like, watching the episodes this morning, I was just amazed at how good everything looked. I, I the the only nitpick I have, but I've talked to you about it offline was Hera. I, Hera felt a little out of character to me in the beginning, like she felt a little bit more like season one or two Hera in terms of demeanor and personality. Uh, she had lost some of the um. I wouldn't say she was impatient because she was a general, but more of the, like, you know, take sards, uh, no funny business type thing. And she's a bit more jovial and the joviality kind of threw me off for a bit, but thinking about it more during the day, Nate, I, I kind of think it's a good sign that she's jovial again, because it means that even though Kanan died and she had to mourn that. And she lost Ezra. She still was able to celebrate life. With Jason. And I think Jason really helped her. Get over everything. And you know obviously. Defeating the Empire. But I thought that was really well done. I I, I have to say I was a big fan. After really thinking about it. But initially I was kind of like. Hera you're a little too happy man. <laughs> like. And, and that's because we last saw her very upset over what was going on with Ezra and with Kane and everything. Yeah. But it is definitely nice to see her and her abilities. My, my other nitpick I have is I'm kind of afraid of a plot where Sabine is Force-sensitive I, I'm kinda hoping she doesn't end up being force sensitive. I want her to remain an outsider type of character who just happens to have um really good hand-eye coordination to handle a lightsaber because she's also yeah. a dark darksaber wielder. Yep. Because if if we go down this path, then we open up the question of is Botakon a force sensitive person? is the Mando Force-sensitive. And it's just kind of... It, it would feel more like a plot convenience at that point instead of, like, good writing to me. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping this is just an extension of her training because she wanted to expand her training for whatever reason after Kanan. Yeah. Yep. But the 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 why YC decided to start training and what happened to make her stop training. I don't know what's happening there, but I'm very interested to in know because that'll answer everything. Yeah. um, There's a lot of mystery going on here. Like Ahsoka and Sabine clearly were training with the force and with the lifesavers and everything. And Sabine seemed at least a little bit decent with ezra's old lightsaber but i i'm just hoping this is just the extension of her dark saber i don't want her to be like a jedi in the future yeah um yeah i can agree with that yeah i'm not saying that that would ruin ahsoka for me but it would definitely be one thing that would i i don't know if i could reconcile Um, Other than that, it was great seeing all the cameos of, like, Stopper and Ryder and getting some connections back to Mando by bringing back um, Elspeth. Um, I, I just think... Oh, the other thing that I thought was interesting, Nate, was I think that third Dark Jedi they have with them, the Mercenary... Yeah, I forget his name, but he's like a a dual bladed um, Jedi, like a lightsaber user. I think we've seen him before in Rebels on uh, Malachor. He was the third. Uh-huh. He was the third Inquisitor, the yeah, one that I've got away. Yeah, I've seen people
1: speculating on
0: that. Yeah, it would make the most sense to me.
1: Yep. Now I'll say this. I. I might disagree with you a little bit. I don't think that Hero was ever out of character for me. Like, I especially loved how she was kind of the in between, uh like the person trying to make peace between Ahsoka and Sabine. You know, she still has like that mama bear yeah. type of personality. So I thought the hero char- was perfectly in character. Oh, no,
0: that stuff was all in character, but some mannerisms. It was just some mannerisms like her movement, her facial expression. It it came off in the beginning as overly happy. And Yeah. I think also thinking about it more, um, that might also just be her excitement seeing Ahsoka and Sabine back together again. Yeah. But it's hard for me to It was hard for me to kind of understand that during the watch through because we don't have a lot of history on what Ahsoka and Sabine's thing was like, how Hera was involved with the training and all that stuff. So there's a lot of stuff that I just didn't know that made it a bit weird. But, you know, looking back at it now, I disagree with myself as well. I mean, I don't agree with what I said this morning. Yeah, that's but right. I did want to bring it up that, you know, I did have this feeling this morning, and then I kind of walked through it, and I kind of feel better about it now. hmm I mean, honestly, the only thing,
1: the only thing that I remember being a little frustrated with when I watched this episode, and this is a huge nitpick, and people are complaining about this, and I can't say that I don't blame them. Uh, I mean, I can't, yeah, um, the there's a scene so when when they steal the map from sabine sabine gets overpowered by one of by um sheen i I think it was a gap um Mm -hmm. she, she gets stabbed and can we just stop having people get stabbed with lightsabers and then surviving because we had the grand inquisitor and then Reva survived getting stabbed in in yeah. Kenobi which it's frustrating because Qui-Gon died from that wound and he never came back to life and like and did we really have to have her get stabbed like you could just have her get like knocked you know out. maybe yeah knocked out or Maybe she gets slashed on the shoulder and she gets like a bad wound, but nothing that like, like, like how Luke um, in the empire strikes back, hit Darth Vader on the shoulder with his lightsaber and hurts him really badly before Vader cuts his hand off. And uh, the empire strikes back, like, yeah. you know, something like that, like that was, but even though I have an issue with that, like, I do want to say this, and this is a, one of the, re- and this is something I'm going to say. So far, the action in this series is probably the best I've seen in live action Star Wars. Like, as far as like the lightsaber battles go, like with the Disney Plus series, because like, okay, I will, I will be the first person to defend Kenobi. I know that people hate on that show. I love it. But I'll give them this. Some of the action in that show is a little uh, the final duel between Obi-Wan and Vader, that is great. But the Mm -hmm. other action scenes, like the chase scene where Leia's getting chased by those bounty hunters and like even the very kid. Yeah, I got some issues with those. This these scenes though, like the the lightsaber battles are very well choreographed. I will admit the very first action scene where Ahsoka's battling against those droids and then she like carves holes in the ground to like have him drop into it. Okay, maybe that feels a little bit like a Wily e. Coyote type of cartoon, <laughs> but it's, I'm not going to complain. It's still fun. You know, this it, is Star Wars. You got to have a little bit of. Yeah, you have to have
0: something. Yeah, you have to some campy. Yeah, no. The only thing I would say is. The lightsaber duels throughout are on par with Duel of the Fates to me yeah. and Anakin and Obi-Wan and Mustafar, mm-hmm. because those are still some of the best lightsaber battles in the entirety of the live action.
1: I mean, I would say that there are, that so far, like some of the um, fights that we've had with like um, so far my- might even be a little bit better than some of the fights that we gotten in the sequel trilogy.
0: Yeah, I don't think I remember any sequel trilogy fights that are better than this. Yeah. Of course, I refuse to rewatch episode 9 anytime yeah. soon. And yeah, so but but I think what I really love
1: about this is that you know, they like they have they've given us like a you know they've given us a plot that we can all get behind with rebels, but they've also created some very, um, some very interesting antagonists. Like I want to see where they're going to go with Balan Skull and his apprentice. Like
0: I think Balon really was a survivor of Order sixty six though.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but I'm wondering like what, like what does he want? Yeah, by, like because. What does he want personally with Thrawn? And I, I know that you said, Riz, that like there's other people from the Mandalorian that are looking to find Thrawn so that they can like rebuild the Empire. But this guy has no allegiance to the Empire. He's basically just a mercenary for them. So And, and that's exactly there's be...
0: it. He's in it for the money, I think.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, but there's got to be something personal. Like maybe he wants to leave the galaxy and go to wherever it is that... Thrawn and Ezra ended up, or I don't know. Maybe they're implying that like there's like an ancient, like maybe there's like some way that he can obtain like greater power than he already has. Like it's, I I'm really curious. Like, yeah. can I get these? Can I get all these episodes now just so I can get these answers, please? Because it's going to keep me up at night.
0: Did we talk about the galaxy thing now? Because you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a good segue here. Mm -hmm. So, like we mentioned earlier, Thrawn and Ezra are thought to be in a place that you can't easily get to. And that's because we think the Pergil took them to uh, another galaxy. Yep. And up until this point, from what I've read, the concept of multi-galaxies within Star Wars does not exist. Like, it's very seldom brought up because even the, the crawler at the beginning of the movie, say, in a l- galaxy a long time ago, like, it, it doesn't say that there's multiple galaxies. There's no in, there's no hint of it. Um, so it's interesting that we're getting this here and now because the closest thing I can think of it. Though I know I'm wrong, is the Cis Ascendancy their entire civilization is at the edge of the galaxy? Yep, but these guys have gone beyond the end of the galaxy.
1: Uh, yeah, um, there is one case. Well, there's two cases in Rebels that I know of there being, th- uh, um, in the legends that I know where they're entities from another galaxy. There's the, um, there's this race of, uh, lizards that appear in the book, the truce of Bakura, which I'm going to be reviewing that at some point. Uh, there a race of like reptilian lizards. Um, and then there's the main antagonists of the, uh, of the new Jedi order, uh, series called the Yuuzhan Vong. mm mm-hmm. Vong. So they're from another galaxy. So they've established that there are other, like there are places that we don't know. Um,
0: I'm kinda thinking this will lead into a roundabout backdoor into some stuff for the High A Republic. Yeah. Because I'm betting back then, thousands of years ago, it was more well known and understood than it is now. Like I feel like knowledge might have been lost over the decades and centuries. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah,
1: I'm really curious to see where they go with... Because, uh, you know, there's a lot of different uh, things, like probably even ones that I don't know, maybe John would know more about them, but like, you know, um, areas of like, you know, races from like other galaxies aside from the Star Wars one. Yeah. Uh, One, one thing I was telling you about uh, earlier, just to kind of uh, go to a different topic, and this hasn't been confirmed, but they're they're trying to hint that this might be the case. So in the very first scene where Ahsoka is getting the map, she goes into this temple. One of the carvings um, partially resembles a character who appears in the legends. Um, this character's name is uh, abaloth Now, I don't know much about abaloth right now, but what I do know is that she was like a major antagonist of one of the very last legends book series to come out. Um, before Disney brought the franchise, it's called fate of the Jedi where her story is that she was a servant to the characters that are like the equivalent of the mortis trio that we see in the, you know, the father, the son and the daughter. Um, and she was a servant of theirs, but she was still a mortal And she chose – she was given a choice to either bathe in the son's dark nexus or the daughter's light nexus. And then she bathed in them both and became like this powerful force entity. And she's like this – well, pretty much this – like she's – I need to read that Fate of the Jedi thing a lot more because I – She's apparently like one of the most deadliest enemies that's ever been faced in the Star Wars, and some people have been speculating that they're trying to imply that maybe like Abeloth, like they're trying to set up Abeloth so that she can be like the main antagonist of that new Rey trilogy that's going to come out. Which, if they do mm-hmm. that, I'll be all for that because, I mean,
0: well, I hope something different. I hope that happens, but then we have Ahsoka kind of school Ray on how to be a real Jedi. Which I'd like that. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, that, that was all that I could think of. Uh, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm just curious. Like, you know, th- there were always rumors that they were possibly going to canonize Avaloth in Ahsoka. And I don't know. I feel like either Dave Filoni is just teasing us or he
0: really intends to do it. He he might do it. I mean, you got to think. Filoni's playing the long game here. Like, he's not mm-hmm. in this for the short term. He's planning years in advance here. Like, yep. you got to think. Rebels came out, what, five years ago now? Mm-hmm. And we didn't know back then how the story would be wrapped up or if it would ever get wrapped up. But here we are with the next stage in it. So, I, I think there's a grand plan that we'll hopefully get to see one day. Yep.
1: Um, was there something else you wanted to talk about on
0: this? Um. I think that was the big stuff for this uh, set of episodes. Yeah, um, we really can't... Yeah, these aren't really
1: going to be that long since we're just talking about one episode each and giving our thoughts. Yeah. But um, kind of like our King Oger series over on the Toku Secrets podcast. Uh, yeah. Um, but I, my big thing that I just want to say is that Ahsoka is here. I, was, um, I wasn't blown away by these episodes since I feel like they were trying to... Uh, since you know they're trying to establish and like, you know, recap some of the stuff with Rebels so or try to familiarize all those, you know, Cretans who don't want to watch the animated stuff because they're a bunch of they're not real fans. Um I'm just kidding. But uh
0: Wow, just, what a gatekeeper. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just kidding.
1: But uh, you know, <laughs> they trying to do that. But uh but I did but I, I still liked it because, you know, I feel like these actors get the roles down perfectly. Like, I love Rosario Dawson as this much more mature Ahsoka, and I love the banter between her and Sabine. It feels very reminiscent of the banter that she and Anakin had, um, which yeah, I – which – okay, uh, Dave – Could you please do us a favor? Could you, like, have Anakin show up as a Force ghost and have Anakin and Ahsoka bond over this familiar atmosphere? Please? Please? I want to see Hayden Christensen and Ahsoka together. I will die a happy man if I can see that.
0: Okay. I just want Anakin to come back as a Force ghost and Ahsoka tell him, now I understand why you, you were hesitant to take me on. I was a pain, and Sabine's a pain to me. And it can bond over that. Yep. And
1: then I also want to flashback, or hell, you can even have him come back in this, like, can we please have Timora Morrison play Rex in live action already? Oh, he'll come. The- yeah. I hope. I'm hoping he gets come back Come on! There. We just saw him in the Book of Boba Fett. He's bald now. He can literally play Rex without having to do any weird makeup stuff on him. Yeah. Like... I don't know. I just, I want to see Rex in live action so bad now, too.
0: Well, I want to see Rex in live action interacting with Anakin and Ahsoka.
1: Yeah, I just, I want to get... the band back together. Can we please get a flashback? Like, give me me Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, Hayden Christensen as Anakin, and then Rex. Maybe you could even throw Cody in there, and just,
0: please. Now we're going into dreamland. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're not going to get Cody. Yeah, but, okay, if, as long as I can get Anakin as a
1: Force ghost, I really just yeah. want to see that. But going back, you know, I love that banter. And, you know, at the end when, you know, they're about to go on their journey, like, uh, uh, like I'm just really hyped to see where this is all going. Like, there's a lot of genuine mystery in this series yeah. that I'm really curious to see where it's going to go. And, oh, yeah, me too. You know, And there are people who are already calling this like the best Star Wars live action series ever. I don't know if I want to
0: say that just yet, but... I will hold off until we get to the end of Ahsoka and I get to the end of Andor.
1: But I think that this is, it's on the right trajectory.
0: Yeah. No, it's definitely on the right trajectory. We started really strong. And I have faith because Filoni's the writer for the entire series. Yeah. That this cannot go bad. Because and Filoni invented everything we're dealing with here. He invented Clone Wars, he invented rebels. Uh he had a very big hand in the Mandoverse. So I have a really good feeling this is gonna go really well.
1: Yeah, I mean and we also need to, you know, give credit to John Favreau, too, because what he's doing is right.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Worse. Yeah.
1: But but yeah, I'm just and I might even go so far as to say that this is technically already better than Andor in my opinion, because even though I need to watch the whole series, here's the thing. Riz and I were watching Andor in my apartment like a couple of months ago when he was in town for Ranger Stop Atlanta and we just couldn't get into it. <laughs> like I
0: I've tried four different times now to get past episode one.
1: And he needed me sitting next to him in order to do that.
0: And I only finished episode one because I was hanging out with Nathan. Yeah. But we couldn't find a will to start episode two. And I mean, I might
1: start episode two soon.
0: I might as well, but I'm I'm scared it'll be a tour, but everyone I talk to tells me Andor's the most amazing live action. And it's a must-see for all Star Wars fans, but... I don't know. I've been struggling to get into it for some reason. Yeah. Maybe I'll get into it again after Bad Batch is done. I'm watching Bad Batch right now. Yeah. But uh, I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna give these for like just collective. As far as this Ahsoka premiere is concerned, I think that it did a pretty good job. At a, uh, I think that if you watch this without having seen any of the animated stuff, you'll get a general idea what it is because i'll assume that you've seen the the mandalorian at least so you kind of know what Ahsoka's is doing yeah um even if you don't know who thrawn is um so i think that it does a good job at setting up who these people are and all i got to say to those fans is that i'm not going to pick on you but please just swallow your pride and go watch clone wars and rebels
0: please yeah, please do yourself a favor yeah.
1: Not saying that you're not real fans. You got. I'm sure you guys are all great people, but just swallow your pride and <laughs> go watch those shows. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give these uh, episodes uh, as a collective since they're all one big premiere. Um, I'm going to. Uh, I'll probably say uh, a nine out of ten.
0: I'm gonna echo that nine out of ten here.
1: And uh, was there anything else you want to say as your closing thoughts, Riz?
0: Can I get the rest of the series right now?
1: Yeah, I, I'll second that, please. <laughs> like, why can't why can't Disney Plus be like Netflix? I know, right? Put the whole thing on there. They need like, to. I mean, yeah. Like, when we get Power Rangers Cosmic Fury on Netflix, we're just going to get the whole thing. So. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we're just kind of uh, ranting about different things now, so... With well, that said, Ahsoka is here, ladies and gentlemen, and we are going to be taking a look at every episode as pretty much the day after it comes out, and we will do this all the way up to the very final episode, which is going to be coming out on October third of 2023. At which point, we will cover the whole series. But Ahsoka is here, and we are looking forward to watching the rest of it because so far, it looks pretty dang good.
0: Oh yeah, I'm ready.
1: With That said, uh, we thank you guys so much for taking the time to check out this podcast. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, give us your thoughts on uh, Ahsoka, whether you like it um, or if you're wrong and you hate it. Sorry, um, but uh, with that, um, if you watch us on Spotify, you know, uh, let us know what other stuff you'd like for us to cover on uh, on the Jedi Squadron. Uh, now that we finished Rebels, uh, we're looking to either do. Um, probably since Riz is watching Bad Batch right now, we're probably going to try to do the Bad Batch as our next big thing. Um, yeah. And I of course will continue to bring you guys Star Wars novels. I'll be doing Shadows of the Sith next. Once I finish that book, I'm trying to get it finished as soon as I can. Um, please, if you have any novels that you would like for me to review, uh, please send comment on YouTube or send a message at anime And I'll get on and I'll get on that as soon as I possibly can. Um, and if you have anything else that you want us, that you have any thoughts that you want us to, uh, cover, you know, just leave your thoughts down. And if you guys leave comments, we'll give you guys personal shout outs on our podcast. We do that on the Toku Secrets podcast, and we will do that here on the Jedi Squadron as well. With that said, we once again, thank you guys so much for joining us as we begin our, um, watch of the Ahsoka series. And we hope you guys will enjoy it as much as we do. We will see you guys next time when we do the next episode of Ahsoka, but until that time, you guys stay safe. We love you and may the force be with you.